Hello everyone. Welcome to An Old Guy Who Knows Shit. Slew Dog here. This is Season 2, An Old Guy Who Knows Shit Explains It All For You, and it is copyright 2022 by L.R. Holtz. This is Episode 1, Introduction. Welcome back to those of you who have listened to the stories. If you're new, a special welcome. I hope you will catch up on the stories from Season 1 sometime, but you do not need to have heard the stories to stay with me today. If I seem like I'm moving kind of fast, it's because i got a lot of ground to cover and I don't want to take more than 30 minutes of your time, so please bear with me here. The fact that you are here at all suggests that you know I'm not here to entertain you or to make you laugh, so thank you for caring and thank you for listening. I promise not to waste your time. So far... We have a podcast called An Old Guy Who Knows Shit, but all he has done is tell stories. Well, those stories do add up to something, and we'll get to that next episode. But right now, this being a new season, and since many among you have yet to listen to season one, it seems I owe you something, you know, like a reason to believe it's worth it to spend some time here. Something an old guy who knows shit might know that nobody else seems to know. So, spoiler alert, I'm going to jump straight to the heart of the matter. I'm going to tell you the important thing I know that nobody else is talking about right now, up front, so there's no question from the get-go where I'm going with this. After this episode, we'll talk about how it happened and what we might be able to do about it. Welcome to Season 2, An Old Guy Who Knows Shit Explains It All For You. You're probably thinking, well, it's got to have something to do with climate change. And of course, you're right about that. Anyone paying any attention at all can see where that is going. We're experiencing it right now. I don't have to tell you, I'm sure. You already see the weather changes, the climate shifting, the storms. I mean, good God, the storms. The rising sea level, the disappearing glaciers, the extinctions. The sixth great extinction, for God's sake. I mean, if you haven't already, please take a few moments to look at all that. The state of the ocean, the garbage patch in the Pacific that is twice the size of Texas. Have you ever driven across Texas? Just try to imagine all that times two in garbage. You can't. It's unimaginable. But if you do just a little research, the information is out there to make it utterly clear that this is a freight train and it is picking up momentum fast because ain't nobody doing anything about it. Anybody out there watch Saturday Night Live, the canceled Christmas special on December 18, 2021? COVID forced them to cancel their Christmas special, so they did a historical retrospective, so to speak. And there was a bit from 1991 that was all about climate change. And that really kicked me in the ass, because we have known where this was going for 30 years. And this administration right now, 2022, starting in 2021, is the first to propose actual serious climate change legislation. In 1991... 30 years ago, the idea of climate change had already so penetrated our society that it was part of pop culture. Can you imagine how history, struggling to survive at all on a hotter planet, will look at those 30 years between the knowing and the acting? Assuming, of course, that we actually do act. But when you think of it, the sheer scope of how much we have to do to have a prayer of slowing the train is, like the scope of our garbage, unimaginable. You really think legislation is going to fix this? Is there a band-aid we can put on this system that will challenge the juggernaut of climate change? Yeah, well, we all know the answer to that is no. So the question becomes, what can we change that might actually make a difference? And whatever that is, how do we change it? Are you ready for this? Here it is. The freedom to make money is the primary driver of climate change. Now, before we can look at that closely, we have to consider that the freedom to make money is also the freedom our country will fight and protect to the death, not the freedom to live, the freedom to make money. That is what defines what is in the best interest of this country, both domestically and globally. It is not human rights. It is the climate for the freedom to make money. The reason our government exists is to create an environment in which money can be made, 
Yeah, I know. Nobody taught you that in high school, but that's why we're here, isn't it? Nobody put it in the Constitution. Nobody put it in writing. But why were the framers there framing a Constitution? What need were they fulfilling? You were taught they wanted freedom, weren't you? Well, what triggered the whole thing in the first place? Taxes. Freedom from paying taxes to the king. Freedom of commerce was the number one issue. Freedom of the individual to live was incidental to that, sort of went along with it, but the freedom of commerce. The freedom to make money unfettered, to make up their own rules about how money could be made and who could do what with it. That was the real reason most framers were there in the first place. Certainly Jefferson and Washington, slave owners both, were interested in commerce, not human rights. And that was the core urge that drove our country's creation. That and something else I'll get to in a minute. And as I pointed out in the introduction to season one, when the South said, hey, we got to have slavery to make our money or you've got no union, they said, well, okay, we'll let making money justify enslavement, just keep it to the blacks, and us white landowners can all be the equal ones. That way, we can have freedom and slavery both at the same time. Making money is what justified enslavement. And again, Nobody wrote it down, but that became, over time, the foundational assumption that if, well, making money justifies enslavement, well, gee, it justifies anything. And if that's true, well, then it is, in fact, the most important thing. Throughout our history, government has always been on the side of the capitalists. The actual purpose of this country was never to take care of its citizens or to protect any human or ethical rights. Those were tacked on later to keep the freedom talkers happy. The actual purpose of this government has always been to create an environment where money can be made. It started with simply the freedom to transact business, which is important to us trench dwellers and which we need. But very quickly, the freedom to transact business became the freedom to make money off of anyone or anything without any limitations, which gives tremendous advantage to the already wealthy. And throughout our history, everywhere there has been a clash between the big guy making money or the little guy getting his rights, who always, 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 always wins. So what has happened is that freedom to make money, unregulated, has come first across the board, but especially when it comes to Mother Earth. The freedom to make money allows anyone to take anything from the earth, sea, or sky that they can convert into money. Converting it into money justifies its destruction and disposal. No strings attached. If you can find it and convert it into money, have a ball. Some limits have been imposed on this over time, way too little, way too late. But to think that it took a garbage patch twice the size of Texas for anyone to even ask the question, oh, should we hold companies responsible for the packaging that they're introducing into the environment? Huh? What do you think? I mean, that is pretty mind-boggling, isn't it? I first asked that question when I was, I'm sure it was in high school, trying to get one pill out of a plastic bubble on a plastic sheet glued to a plasticized cardboard tab in a box 50 times bigger than it needed to be. But that question has never been in the mainstream, and it took Ralph Nader's book, Unsafe at Any Speed, to sort of wake folks up to how much we were being manipulated by auto companies in their heyday, but that only lasted a minute. The corporations took control of the media after that and have manipulated both what we want and how badly we want it, and they have kept us buying more shit and more and more shit. And we have our shiny toys and media that keep us happy and distracted, and the money has just rolled in, funneled right to the top. And nobody has paid any attention at all to the few grown-ups in the crowd saying, uh, hey, you folks, wait a minute here, a couple things we need to pay attention to. Corporate control of the media and what we think we want has kept us consuming and consuming and consuming and consuming and consuming while completely ignoring what exactly it has been that we have been consuming, which is our own planet's livability. 
and you think it's not funneled right to the top? In the most recent dual pandemic years, according to a report by CBS News on January 23, 2022, the top 1% doubled their income, while the bottom 99% all experienced a reduction in income. The 99% expend their energy supporting the wealth of the 1%. That is how our economy is structured. The pandemic just laid it bare. Just by living our lives, we make the wealthy wealthier. That is the objective our government is actually fulfilling right now, to use the populace and the business of government as an income stream for the wealthy. The purpose is the income stream, not the well-being of the citizens. Except, of course, in the same way that a cowboy takes care of his herd, got to keep the 99% happy and believing the lie that they might actually become wealthy themselves, and they happily live and die for the 1%. At the expense of Mother Earth, their only home. And on top of that, convince them they are self-directed, that this is what freedom is. Well, and folks, here we are. It is the purpose of the government that we have had for multiple generations, 50 years anyway, as government gave corporate media freedom to control more and more of our lives. Well, we experience less and less of real life and more and more of corporate manipulated needs, all aimed at getting us to live, to make money, and then give it to them. The price of survival in our society is that somebody must make money not only from everything you buy, but also from everything you need and do. What you don't realize is that your desires and needs, what you want, what you believe you need, are a product of corporate and media manipulation, every bit as much as if it was political inculcation a la George Orwell's 1984. We think of advertising as harmless, but it has defined what we want and has kept us participating willingly and enthusiastically. It is one of the most destructive forms of propaganda because it has blinded us to the destruction caused by fossil fuel. And it keeps us, to this day, marching happily into our own extinction. Here, it's okay, it's not political, just to make a buck. So nobody notices that they have in the meantime completely taken over our lives, which we live from birth to death in order to make money for them. All the while, we are decimating Mother Earth. Now, that is an apocalyptic novel plot if ever there was one, only it is our reality. And we are the engine tricked into making it work. Yes, folks, our economy is a doomsday machine. Yeah, don't scoff, think about it. Our economy, what happened when the forefathers created the environment where those with money could keep it and grow it by using it to fulfill society's needs for a profit? The economy that emerged out of that unregulated does fulfill society's needs, but only after it makes colossal amounts of money for a very tiny percentage of the population at great cost to Mother Earth. Fulfilling society's needs is number two on the list behind the freedom to make money, which is the be-all and the end-all. What is considered in fulfilling society's needs is not society's needs. It's the size of the income stream it will generate. Income stream first, people, society, mother earth, all distant seconds. Our economy does fulfill our needs surprisingly well for now, but only incidentally, always with the objective of making money for somebody else first, regardless of harm to mother earth. And on top of that, everything we manufacture to make all that money for so very few, everything we buy and use, all the trappings of civilization, from our silverware to our homes and cars and office buildings and subway trains, all of that, literally every single manufactured thing we come into contact with, made money for somebody first, is having its turn of usefulness right now, but will all be garbage in a very short period of time. 
every single thing. And every piece of garbage that is made up of plastic has some kind of poison as part of its composition. Well, up until recently, anyway. Most all that plastic in Texas times, too, that's most all poison. It's actually breeding new species at the same time that it is slow poisoning the entire ocean. Think what will happen when a tsunami hits Staten Island. All of that garbage, folks, is a direct result of the unregulated freedom to make money. But the freedom to make money's garbage is insignificant compared to the damage done by the unregulated freedom to make money off of Mother Earth. That is the heart of the doomsday machine that has caused and continues to support climate change. The freedom to convert any natural resource into money without regulation, without any attention paid to what will happen to the environment you're removing this resource from. Yeah, we did eventually get the EPA and a little bit of consciousness, but look at how powerful it is not. And we certainly have not paid any attention at all, ever, to what will become of whatever you do with this resource. Like, will it become garbage? Will it become pollution? What happens to it when you're done with it? How will the balance you have disrupted be restored? No attention whatsoever. If anybody ever asked those questions, it certainly never got to the general public, because the freedom to make money is what decides what gets made, not the freedom to live. That is the true meaning of deregulation, folks. The freedom to live is always subordinate to the freedom to make money. Everywhere, always. Well, very, very few exceptions. President Biden recently said, talking about the Voting Rights Act, that all this voter suppression and gerrymandering was un-American. That's not us, he said. Really, I thought. And then, I don't think so. What is American is cheating. From the very first moment of our founding, as Thomas Jefferson wrote those magic words, he was a cheating cheater. He wrote, all men are created equal, but he cheated and kept his slaves. Cheating was at the very heart of our creation. The first core driver was the need for freedom of commerce, but at exactly the same time came cheating to get it. Cheating has been a core element of both politics and business throughout our history to this very day. Cheating cheaters are everywhere. Wall Street in particular, where the freedom to make money is a religion, where making money does justify anything, and cheating is a tool, not an ethical choice. But politically, Republicans are shameless cheaters, have been throughout my entire life. And now, the liar has made cheating based on whatever you can make up acceptable, and the Republicans are having an orgy of cheating. Of course, all that serious cheating started with the Powell Memo in 1971 which if you don't know it, I encourage you to look it up, just Google Powell Memo, because it laid out the 50-year plan of how to cheat the system for a conservative takeover of the government, the result of which we have today. Look at the top. On the Supreme Court, the Republicans have a supermajority, 6-3. Two of those recent Republican judge appointments generously evaluated were utter cheats. Mitch McConnell stood up in front of the country and the world and announced, I am a cheating cheater and nobody can stop me, so I am cheating. I am undermining a system I have no respect for. In your face, I dare you to stop me. And the Republicans jumped on board. We're not partisan hacks, said the other judge, whose appointment was then the second most partisan in history, really, judge, then how can it be ethical for you to accept such a clearly partisan appointment? And the other one, 
The legitimate one who likes beer? If you could not see that he is a cheating cheater from his confirmation hearing, then your truth meter definitely needs a tune-up. This is high-level, sophisticated cheating here, folks, the only purpose of which is to undermine the system, to prevent democracy from succeeding. And they have cheated us for 50 years about the climate, convincing us no action needed to be taken, just keep them dollars rolling in. They knew? You think they didn't know? Of course they knew. But because cheating is in their DNA, they always assume they can cheat their way out of anything. But the thing is, they can't cheat Mother Earth. That is the simple fact. They can and have cheated both us and the system shamelessly, but they can't cheat Mother Earth. Now, our participation in this is insidious because we are just innocently trying to live our lives out here, trying to construct some positive energy streams, get a little compassion, love, and beauty spread around. Hmm? But almost everything we do and have in our fossil fuel world, regardless of our intent or knowledge, makes money for somebody and hurts the earth somehow before it even reaches us. And almost nothing is available to us that can counter that harm. What we have learned, if nothing else, from our upbringing in modern society as members of a modern Western culture is that money is the most important thing. Whether or not we personally believe that to be true does not matter. It is the foundation of everything we have and relate to. It is the underpinning of everything in our lives, from the sheets and bed we wake up in, to how we expend our day's energy, to what we teach our children. Everything in our lives needs money to happen. It is the necessary underpinning of everything we do. Money is the most important thing. And climate change is telling us that um, money cannot stay the most important thing. Climate change is here to tell us that money is not even a real thing. Money is a made-up thing. A made-up thing that has nothing at all to do with Mother Earth. Climate change is here to tell us that, in fact, money is a made-up thing of absolutely no real value whatsoever. Convert Mother Earth into money, which is what our current system is doing, hellbent for leather, and what do you have left? Nothing. Convert Mother Earth into money and you don't even have a place to exist. Now I would call that a perfect illustration of how profoundly money corrupts. Now, I'm not saying we need to get rid of money or we have to stop using it. No, you can't just remove what underpins everything. But right now, converting Mother Earth into money is more important than balancing with her. Now, it is possible to find balance without throwing away money. But we must find a way to value balance, a thing of actual value more than we value money, a thing of no actual value. So the first thing we have to do is we have to redefine the most important thing, don't you think? And make that the purpose of our government. But before we do that, we have to reimagine our own value system, both as individuals and as a society. We have to look at what else might be more important, because making money can no longer be the most important thing. We have to decide as a society that something else is more important. Here's an idea. How about that freedom to live? If we are committed to our country's other roots, our roots that were cheated on, the actual freedom roots, then we must include freedom in our objective. And providing our citizens with the freedom to live starts with taking care of Mother Earth. Because the first thing we have to have for any freedom to exist at all 
is a stable place to be. What if we make the purpose of our government to provide the freedom to live for all of its citizens equally? What would all men are created equal have created without cheating? Hmm, think about that for a minute. Well, we can find out. We can make some really big changes. All fully legal, all within the system, without any violence. Changes not based on making money or growing the economy. Changes based on restoring balance. What we have to do is stop the planet from getting any warmer, right? We've tipped the scales pretty far in one direction. Now we have to tip them back into a new state of balance. To stop warming, we must achieve a new balance. The fact that our economy must keep growing to exist in and of itself makes it a doomsday machine. Making money needs continuous growth. Mother Earth needs balance. If we cannot restore balance, folks, we are going to be just as extinct as the thousands of species we have allowed to go extinct on our watch, not one of which have we cared enough about to change our ways. Wherever our arrogance puts us in relation to other species doesn't matter, though. The fact is that our lives are no more precious to Mother Earth than the lives of any other species. No, folks, we have to be responsible for our own survival. And that means we have to choose the freedom to make money or the freedom to live. If our species is to survive, we must choose the freedom to live. And we must take action right now to start restoring balance. It's actually pretty urgent here, folks. But before we get to that, what we should do. A couple of things I'd like for you to consider. Now, on the face of it, I just laid out a buttload of bad news. I mean, if you haven't thought about it, the sheer fact that we are in an apocalyptic struggle, it's a lot to take. Somebody will surely describe this as the world is ending and it's all our fault and rabbit holes galore will turn up to fall into. First of all, I'm saying the world might end, not that it will, because the point is that we can still save the day. Second, it was never our fault. Us folks out here in the trenches are a society. We are not pawns. We just happen to have been born into a system that uses us for our entire lives as if we were pawns to profit somebody else. We think we're happy and free with all our toys and media and it feels free in fake consumer world. After all, the only thing our society absolutely requires of us is that we make money and spend it. All you gotta do is consume, right? What happens to you if you don't have any money? But think about this. It is that consumption that is required of us that is the primary disruptor of balance in climate change. The central conflict of our apocalyptic novel, all you gotta do to survive is make money and consume, which decimates the earth. The Making Money Justifies Enslavement team is still in charge. The purpose of our government is still to embrace and support the freedom to make money. And they are destroying our world while they roll in wealth. Now, how many times throughout history have folks found themselves in exactly this same situation? Way more than we can count. From every village that ever stood up to an oppressive prince to every major revolution ever. Every time normal folks are taken advantage of by a moneyed elite and break themselves free from that oppression. Some fail, yes, and simply change the venue of oppression. But the successful ones turned out way better on the other side for the folks like you and me here in the trenches. The great advantage we have here over our historical correlatives is that we have a political structure in place that will allow us to make changes as fundamental as the reason our government exists without violence or even a new constitution. We do outnumber them by a lot, and they know it. In 2021, there were hundreds and hundreds of laws introduced in our supposed democracy restricting voter rights. Now, these are not the actions of patriots who want democracy to work. These are the actions of cheaters who don't care about the system. They just want to be boss. 
They are working to prevent democracy from succeeding. So all we have to do is get enough of us to the ballot box to beat all the cheats. Between 30 and 40% of this country never votes. Those people who don't vote, those people are not on the Making Money Justifies Enslavement team. Trust me, they have simply lost all faith in government. So the truth will get a lot of those folks' attention and their vote. And there are tens of millions of patriots out there, sincere but hoodwinked, who still have a truth sensor we can reach. There are plenty of us to peacefully and lovingly change the course of our country from destructive to constructive. So to me, yes, we are going to have to change how we live radically. Simply losing fossil fuel and plastic alone is a gargantuan task. We can't just do it because now we can't live without them. For now, we must use them, but mindfully, and not punish ourselves for it. But at the same time, we must work to wake up our friends and family and associates. It is time to grow this movement, not from the ground up, from the trenches up. It is time to undermine the making money justifies enslavement team, to get them all out of office, and to replace them with members of the compassion, love, and beauty team. It is a Herculean task, sure, but this is exciting, folks. This is a big historical moment, and we are at its center. We are the leaders in the world, and we have the political structure in place to do this peacefully and lovingly. We can do something to stop the juggernaut of climate change. We're waking up from a fake world, but we are waking up. And we do have the numbers to make real change. And we are present right now at the beginning of the biggest peaceful and bloodless revolution in history. Don't be discouraged. Get excited. So the first thing we have to do is wake up the populace, which has been increasingly lost in a corporate media-induced stupor of consumer frenzy for three generations. And that starts by sending this link around. We can use their media to spread a little actual intelligence and combat the flood of lies and conspiracy theories. But we have to do it. The only chance we have of making a difference is if we do it, because folks, in spite of our obsession with superheroes saving the world, you know it ain't going to happen. We have to do it ourselves. The world as we know it is ending. Now that is sad and it may be disturbing, but it is a fact. No superheroes are gonna show up. There it is. But the thing is, we don't need superheroes. And you know why? Because we have numbers. Uh, one more thing I have to say here before I let you go. And that is that I do not see any villains in the big picture. We have to realize that all of us, wealthy as well as destitute, we were all born into this system, into a place in this system. And the system taught us how to sustain it, and that was what we did. There are little picture villains everywhere, but there is no evil think tank planning climate change. The freedom to make money system is causing it. And we must not assume that the wealthy are bad guys. They may be, in their hearts, members of the Compassion, Love, and Beauty team, but they're stuck in the system just like we are and could come around to seeing that saving humanity is way smarter than saving their wealth, in which case change could happen pretty dang quick. So I think that it is important that we not start off pointing fingers at anyone. We simply have to stop hating each other for whatever reason and instead see each other as all being members of the family humanity who need to work together so our descendants can survive. That is as elemental as it gets, folks. 
whatever problem anybody has with anyone else right now cannot possibly be more important than leaving a place for our children's children to live. After we succeed, then y'all can fight over whatever you want to, and we can all be confident that it won't end the world as we know it. But right now, folks, right now, we need compassion to reign supreme. We need to get together. So if you're excited by the idea of replacing the freedom to make money with the freedom to live and restoring balance to Mother Earth, then you're the one whose job it is to click the forward button on this link to advance this wake-up call out to the next level of constructors. They're out there, many more than you imagine, and we need all of us to get together here somehow. Now, I'm going to revisit much of what I've talked about here in future episodes, and we'll get much more specific about what we can do. For now, in your personal life, curbing fossil fuel use, recycling, and not buying plastic will make a difference. Politically, our immediate objective must be to block this long-planned conservative takeover of the government, folks, because those quote-unquote conservatives today are generational members of the Making Money Justifies Enslavement team. They are little picture, cheating cheaters who do not believe in democracy, and if we give it to them, they are not smart enough to see that dismantling democracy in favor of making money will kill them as well as us. But remember, everybody, please, we outnumber them by a huge percentage. All we gotta do is get together and get our asses to the polls. And will you look at that, 29 minutes. I will try to keep future episodes in the 20-minute area, but there was a lot of big ground to cover in this episode. This is an old guy who knows shit, signing off until the next episode, which will be cosmology. Thank you for listening.